Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. Take out your sermon notes. I'm eager to get into this message today. Last week, we talked about forgiveness. We're into a season. If you're new here today, we started a new series called Tis the Season. Last week, we talked about Tis the Season to Forgive. And I want you to know that, man, my emails have been blowing up. My texts have been blowing up. People have been texting me, emailing me left and right. I kid you not about... Pastor, that message was, man, right on for me. I needed to forgive someone in my life, and because of that, it's given me the freedom. It's set me free. I feel a lot better in my life. I was able to forgive that person and get rid of that baggage in my life. And I, I mean, I literally had people, seriously, just literally crying uh, at the office the other day, just crying, just pouring their heart out. So, Pastor, you don't understand the baggage that I've been carrying for so long, and you give me a license and permission to forgive that person. And I'm going to tell you so. I hope and pray that you have forgiven that one that maybe you have resentment for. But also, if you have your notes, forgiveness opens you up for new hope, strength, and a peace of mind. How many know that unforgiveness will steal your joy? It will make you meditate on that person that you unforgive, have unforgiveness towards. And because you meditate on that, you fixate on that, it steals or zaps your joy or your peace in your life. It, unforgiveness is a thief. It steals from you. It steals from you mentally, physically, and emotionally. But another one is this. Unforgiveness will steal from you if you don't ever deal with it. You have to confront the issue that is before you. If you never confront that, what happens is you will become the overcomer instead of be, you'll be overcome instead of the overcomer. You have to become the overcomer by confronting that which is standing before you. David ran to the giant, not from the giant. What is your giant in your life that you need to run towards and you need to confront and let go of? Amen. But because of that now that you have forgiven, now I want to talk to you today what forgiveness does. Forgiveness brings you into a place of laughter. And so today, tis the season, I want to talk to you about the laugh. Tis the season to laugh. And Ecclesiastes, I love reading Ecclesiastes there, but it's starting in, in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting with verse 1, it talks about all the ins and outs. There's a time to live, and there's a time to die. There's a time to eat, and there's a time to starve. All these different things that Solomon talks about, there's a time or a season or place in your life. How many of you know that we go through seasons? I love that I live in the season of Wisconsin that we have winter, spring, summer, or fall. All you got to do is call, right? I love that we have different seasons. My son, he lives in Chandler, Arizona. He's got one season. Ha! I said, thank God, son, that when you die, you're going to heaven because you're not going to burn there. But it's only one season. And in life, in life, you got to understand there's always seasons that you go through in life. And in these seasons, God gives you a permission to be able to, a time to live and a time to die. But in this verse, look what he says in verse four, uh, 4 of Ecclesiastes 3. A time to weep. Now watch what he says. Joy comes in the morning. Sorrow comes at night, but joy comes in the morning. A time to weep. How many have ever had that time where, man, you just weeping, crushed, brokenhearted? But then he says, what, 
a time to laugh. So in other words, God says, listen, I'm giving you permission or a season in your life to laugh. If there ever was a season right now to laugh, it's right now. Our world is so tense and so caught up with all the stuff that is going on around us that what's happening, we see people that are so tense. They're like a dog that, man, if you touch them, they're going to bite you because they're so consumed about what's going on around them that they've missed the season to laugh. Then he goes on to say, a time to mourn and a time to dance. In other words, dancing is an expression of what's inside of you. You're going to dance because maybe you're happy, you're joyful, you're excited about maybe what's going on in your life. My little granddaughter, they were going to the public school there in Illinois when they first got there. And there were some things out of whack there at the public school. So they decided to go to a, a Christian school, a, a, a private school. And so I asked Peyton, I said, Peyton, how are you liking your new school. She said, oh, Papa, Papa, I love my school. I'm so happy about it. I just, man, I got so many great friends. and Man, I love it, Papa. I said, you really do? She said, Papa, I love my school so much that I asked the teacher if I can go have a potty break. She said, I went into the bathroom, and I was so excited, and I loved my school so much that I danced in the bathroom. <laughs> because she was so full of joy and she loved her school that the joy that was inside her was now an expression of the dance that came out of her. You see, so many times what comes out of your mouth is what's inside of you. And what is inside of you maybe is tension and anger and all these things. You're all wound up and bound up. But God wants us to be able to laugh. But I love what he says in these next verses, these, in verses 11 and 12. Watch what he says. He says this, he has made everything beautiful in its time. So everybody look at yourself and say, hey, I'm beautiful, donkey. I'm beautiful, donkey. There you go. <laughs> E-all, e right? He has made every one of you beautiful. He knit you together in your mother's womb, and he made you fearfully and wonderfully. So whenever you're feeling down about yourself, you need to remind yourself and look yourself in the mirror and say, wait a minute, I'm one of a kind, I'm created in the image of God, and God doesn't make junk, he makes the best. And God made you beautiful. So you need to pick up your self-esteem, you need to pick yourself up and say, wait a minute, I am special, I am tailor-made, I am one of a kind, and when God made me, he broke the mold, there will never be one after me or before me, I am the number one. And you're beautiful. But then he goes on to say this, he has also set eternity in the hearts of humans. In other words, that's where, man, we can get excited that we know where our destiny is. Next week, this coming Saturday, I do. there's another funeral that's going to be taking place here. Last week I did a funeral. We've been doing a lot of funerals. But you know what's cool about these funerals? It's not sorrowful. It's a time of celebration because we know that where these people are going because they know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Therefore, because we know that we have hope and that hope is in Christ, and because where old death is thy victory, where old death is thy sting, we can rejoice because death has no victory over the believer. And therefore, I can rejoice and have a merry heart knowing that my destiny is going to be someday with the Lord. But then he goes on to say this. Watch this. Yet no one can fathom what God has done done 
from beginning to end. Now, I want you to notice, from the beginning until the end. But what happens from the beginning and the end is up to you. It's what you write your story. It's what your epitaph looks like. What's going to take place from the beginning till the end? What does your story look like in between? The bookends of the beginning and the end. What is your story like? But then he goes on to verse 12. Here's what our story should be. I know that there is nothing better for people. Look at what he says. I love this. I know that there is nothing better for people to be happy. So in other words, from the beginning to the end, God wants you to be happy. Because I'm happy. Happiness knows the truth. Yeah, you got it, right? God's desire for you is to be happy. And he says, and to do good while they live. So in other words, God wants you to be happy in life. But so many times what we label God as is the do's and the don'ts, the cans and the can'ts. And so many times when we start comparing God with the do's and the don'ts and the cans and the can'ts, we a lot of times look at God and say, man, God, you're too restrictive. Man, you're not a fun God. You don't got a sense of humor. God, you, man, you, you're too confining. And therefore, I can't serve you with all my heart because, God, you want to pull me back from life. That's the total opposite of who God really is. He wants you to have life and life more abundantly. That's why he said the devil in John 10.10, 10, the devil comes to kill, rob, and destroy. But Jesus, I come to give you life and life more abundantly. In other words, God wants you to fulfill fill and walk out life happy. God doesn't want you to be sad, mad, and upset. He wants you to be happy. Over this Christmas season, it's the time to laugh and enjoy your family and your friends. You know one of the greatest uh, icebreakers are when family and friends get together is play games. I don't know about you, but we, we are a family that plays games. But you know what games do? It breaks down barriers. It also is a conversation piece where, man, while you're playing the game, all of a sudden it's relaxing and you start talking about things, right? You talk about things that people maybe not want to talk about. But maybe that food didn't sit well, so you're talking about that. Figure that one out. But you know what it does? It breaks down the intensity maybe that you have towards one another. And as it breaks it down, guess what? It takes your frown and it makes it, and it turns it into a smile. And all of a sudden, things begin to change. The atmosphere, the mood, the presence begin to change because now you're enjoying each other's company, whereas before, maybe it was tense. I don't know about you, but how many play Monopoly deal? I'm, I'm no good at it. They kill me every time, and I think they like to do that to me all the time. And I think because I don't know it very well, I honestly think they cheat. Because <laughs> nobody can beat me that bad, but I get beat all the time, right? But they love that. But family does that. Christmas is the only, it's not only about Jesus, but it also is a time to renew friendships. Now watch this, friendships and family times. I don't know about you, but man, now that my kids are all in three different states and all over the place now, 
It's hard to get together. Our Christmas is going to be January 9th. We have to wait till January 9th. My one son, he has 36 Christmas services. 36. Can you imagine that? When you have a congregation of almost 14,000 people plus Christmas, they're anticipating 50,000 people over the Christmas season. We can't get together. So our Christmas is at January 9th. But the point of it is, is that I only see my kids now basically twice a year. And I have to make a decision. Am I going to get upset, bothered with my kids? Or am I going to seize the moment and make the most of every opportunity? Because tomorrow I may not have the opportunity. So Cheryl and I have to make a choice that when we're with Rick, CJ, and Heidi, and all my nine grandkids, I have to choose to make a choice to rejoice. I can't bring into the baggage of CJ and Rick and Heidi, why don't you call me? Because all that does is bring distraction and tension. I have to enjoy the moment that I have with them now. And the key is when you get with family members and friends, enjoy the moment you have now because tomorrow you never know if you ever will again. So when I get with my kids and you get with your family, it's a time to set aside your differences and say, listen, today I choose just to enjoy you. Letting it go. You see, listen, God's greatest desire is that you follow him, number one. God, I'm going to follow you with all my heart. But watch this. Love him. And here's a great desire of God. Brenda, this is God's desire for you. Put your name here. Dave, this is God's desire for you. Look at this. That you love him and are happy and fulfilled along the way. God wants you, Woody, to be happy. I don't know about you, but I don't know. I wasn't a perfect parent. There's no perfect parent in here. And if you think you are, you're lying. So sinner, sinner down below, pucker up and let it go. There's no perfect parent here. But in parenting, our role is, our responsibility is to bring him or her up in the things of the Lord and teach him the right things of life. So in doing so, what is our role? We want our kids always to be happy. How many know what I'm talking about? You want them to be happy. You want them to make sure they had the right shoes when they were all playing basketball. All my kids, those $100 shoes, man, it was hurting my bank account. But I'm telling you one thing, it made them happy. And we'll do anything to make our kids happy. It's the same way with God. God wants you to be happy. The Bible says that he is our Abba Father. And he looks after those who love him. He calls you his own. He calls you his children. And his role as a father is to take care of you. And in taking care of you, you think God wants you to be confined? You think God wants you to be trapped? You think God wants you to be angry, upset, and mad all the time? No. God wants you to be happy. Because that's like Nehemiah says. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is is my strength. There's joy in serving God, knowing that God has everything under control and that God provides and takes care of your every need. And therefore, I can relax and enjoy life that God has given me here on planet Earth. God wants you 
to be happy. Laughter is a great form of stress, uh, stress relief. Laughter is a great form of stress relief. And that is no joke. In Proverbs 17, verse 22, look what it says. A cheerful heart is good medicine. Have you taken your medicine today? Why is it that we today have maybe stopped laughing? I said this in the first service, and a guy came up to me and said, Pastor, my wife passed away seven years ago. Seven years ago. He said, when you said, when was the last time you had a good laugh? Can I ask you, when's the last time you had a good laugh? He said, Pastor, I haven't laughed for seven years. And he said, today you gave us permission to laugh again. And he said, I was holding on to all this stuff about the loss of my wife that instilled the joy out of my life. He told me that right back there by the Welcome Center. Can I ask you, when's the last time you, Stephanie, had a good laugh? So many times we're so wound up and caught up with things of the world that when our focus is not on what God really intended us to do. If you look back in Genesis chapter 1, when God created the heavens and the earth, what did he say? You can have all this except the one tree. But God gave us this for his, our pleasure and for our joy and for our happiness of life. Do you think God doesn't want you to be happy? Do you think God wants you to be sad and depressed and discouraged and defeated in your life? That's not the God we serve. The God that we serve says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And God wants you to walk in happiness and joy. You ever notice the fruits of the Spirit? In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it starts out with the fruits of the Spirit. And obviously the first one is love. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. But then the second fruit that God talks about, and God does everything in priority. He prioritizes everything. The second fruit he talks about is joy. If you don't have joy in your life, you're not motivated to go on in life. Joy is the motivation or the gas that sparks the engine, which is your heart. And in your heart, it will express what's inside of you, and you will act out what's in your heart. And God says the joy, love, joy, then peace, patience, kindness, but joy. The second greatest fruit that God wants you to have in your life. He wants you to be happy. Man, don't let people steal your joy. People will be joy zappers. And you got to be careful of the joy zappers in your life. Just because you're happy and they're not, they're going to want to steal that from you. And you got to be careful of the joy zappers in your life that are going to want to steal your joy because maybe they're in the muck and the mire of life. And because you're in joy, man, they're going to want to jealous of you and mad at you. And therefore, you taper down your joy to be comfortable with them. God wants you to walk it out and be joyful. Joyful. And he says, look at, but a crushed spirit. 
a broken heart, discouraged and defeated. No laughter, no joy. Dries up the bones. You wonder why maybe you're feeling empty inside. You wonder why maybe you're like dry toast or a cracker. Maybe, just maybe, your joy tank is dried up. And if you look on the dashboard of your car and it's on E and the light comes on, trust me, I know, pay attention to the light. I ran out of gas more times thinking I could stretch that gas and God didn't multiply it. The five fish and two loaves never came. Pay attention to your warning signs. Your warning sign may be that I'm feeling empty, dry inside. Maybe I'm taking life too serious and not laughing the way God intended me to be. You know one of the things I do? If you go to my house, not my cabin, but my house, no kidding. Side note, this is not even on my notes, Denise. But this is no kidding. If you go into the restroom, which is the library of, men, of most men, if you go into the restroom and sit on the throne, you know what's by my bathroom there? I have three joke books right there in my restroom. And you know what I do? I pull out those joke books and I'll read them, three of them. And I'll read them just to give me humor to get my endorphins to flow, to change the atmosphere or the mood. Maybe you need to get a joke book to spark the joy back in you. And I'll pull those things out. I kid you not, Chris. I'll pull them out and I'll read them. That may sound corny or weird, but it's true. You have to do things to ignite the joy in your life. Watch this. I love this. Laughter is like medicine. It just doesn't lighten your load mentally. It creates positive physical changes in your body. That's why he says, Solomon in Proverbs, laughter is like medicine. Can I ask you, have you taken your medicine lately? Let me give you some short-term laughter, short-term benefits. These are some medical things that happen with laughter. If you have your notes, look at this. Number one. Laughter stimulates many of your organs. Check this out. Laughter enhances your intake of oxygen-rich air. Stimulates your heart, lungs, and muscles. Maybe some of you are feeling tired, fatigued, and wore out, and you feel all tense. Maybe it's because you haven't laughed in a while. Can you all do me a favor? Stick out your hand just like that, will you? Now I want you to take your hand, and I want you to squeeze your hand as hard as you can. Come on, just squeeze it. Now squeeze it. Hard as you can. Come on. Now, as you're squeezing your hand, this is you right now. This is you. Now, you're trying to live life, and here's how you live life. Now, do me a favor. Open your hand real slow. See how it's tight? It feels tense. It's aching. That's what happens when you lose joy. And you wonder why you're fatigued and wore out and your muscles are aching and Ben Gay is running out. And you're getting mad at Ben because he's not doing his job. 
because you're this. It increases the endorphins that release by your brain that gives you energy and a renewed focus. Wow. Energy and a renewed focus. It gets you back on the straight and narrow. Because the opposite of energy or positive thinking is negative thinking. And all the time when you have stinking thinking, you're pulled like a car out of alignment towards that stinking thinking. And that stinking thinking will take you further than you want to go. But when you know where you're going, it gives you focus. I don't know about you, but when I live in the city, it's easy here because you only got a couple choices to go eat here. But in the cities, when I lived in the cities, we had every kind of restaurant there was. And so my wife and I, maybe you have this already, between the two places or three places we have here in Grand Junction, I mean Grand Junction, and uh, Siren, right, Grand Junction, my old place. But my wife and I, you know what would happen? My wife and I say, hey, where you want to go eat? I don't know where you want to go. 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 Before you knew it, we both were arguing, and guess what happened? We didn't go eat. <laughs> but when we knew where we were going, the car was happy. All you had to do was put it in drive, and it drove itself. I'm happy. Because I had focus in where I was going in life. That's what focus does. It takes you down the path, and it brings strength and energy and encouragement to your life. Why? Because I'm happy, and I know where I'm going in life. Laughter activates and relieves your stress response. Laughter fires up, then cools down your stress responses, and it can increase and decrease your heart rate and blood pressure. How many of you ever feel like the uh, Elka-Seltzer commercial? Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Some of you like that. You're ready to pop. And you know what happens? You're so irritable. Your blood pressure is so high. You're ready to pop that any word that's said to you that maybe it seems a little gray or offensive or whatever, oh! it lightens our load. Laughter is a great medicine to help you relax. It helps you relax. It soothes your muscles. Another one, laughter soothes tension. Laughter can stimulate circulation and aid muscle relaxation, both of which can help reduce stress. How many are walking around like this right now? I mean, man, you look like a jack-in-a-box. Pop! Right? It can help you to relax. It can help you to tone down and some things in your life. If laughter costs nothing but creates much, why are you not laughing more? You know why we're not laughing more? Here's why. When I was a youth pastor for 13 years, and a lot of times we as adults sometimes, we think we have it bad. And we do. We have a lot of pressures, making sure we got bread on the table, paying the bills, all these things. And I don't take that lightly. Please understand. But when I was a youth pastor for 13 years, I would go into the schools, man. And I would sit at these tables all the time in these luncheons. And I could tell you, being in that cafeteria for five minutes, I could see the categories of kids. 
Over here you had the burnouts. Over here you had the jocks. Over here you had the choir people. Over here you had the drama people. They were all categorized. But then I also seen the kids that were maybe misfits. And you know what happened is because we want to be so accepted, we mold ourselves to that category so that we can be fit in and be accepted. And you know what I would always hear, and I hear it prevalent, all prevalent today, even today, that when someone laughs or maybe is a little loud, here's the response. Oh, him and her, they're just so immature. And so what happens is they become a wet blanket and they snuff out the laughter or the joy within that person. So then they start becoming confining or being comfortable or blending in with that group. The reason why maybe we stop laughing is because maybe somebody's labeled you. And so because we want to have the right image, we want to fit in. And we suck up or we dry up the joy in our lives. God don't want you to be that way. I've learned a long time ago the only one I have to impress is God and my pookie woman. God looks at the heart. Man looks at the outward appearance. God don't want you to conform and dry up because you want to feel accepted or you have the right image. Be you. After all, didn't we read earlier in Ecclesiastes 3, 12? That God created you beautiful. Created you beautiful. There's only one of you. And your personality, character is everything that God wanted you to be. God don't make junk. Molly, he makes the best. And you are the best and nothing less in God's sight. Amen? If laughter calls nothing, in Psalms 118, verse 24, and I'm moving on. The Lord has done this this very day. Here's what he's done. Let us rejoice today and be glad in it. You know why David is saying that? David is saying that because every day you have a choice. Every day you have to consciously make a choice to rejoice. You know what? We can always look at the negative things in life. We can always chew on that. But you know what? I've always found that, man, when I'm chewing on the negative things of life, I'm only getting the leftovers on the bone. I don't want the leftovers. I want the steak. And a lot of times we are dying physically, spiritually, and mentally because all we're focusing on is the leftovers or the negative things of our life, and we're dying emotionally. Because you're not getting the steak or the good things that God has for your life. And so every day, you have to consciously wake up. You have to set your alarm clock in your mind like you do every day to go to work. That this is the day the Lord has made. I make a choice to rejoice. I'm going to be joyful in all circumstances. I am choosing to rejoice. Why do you think all through the Bible, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, Jesus says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. In 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, it says, Be joyful always and pray continuously. He says that because God wants to remind you 
that you set the atmosphere or the tone for your day. You are the director of your movie. You set the tone. Either you can have a horror movie Friday the 13th or you can have Little House on the Prairie. It's up to you whatever movie you want. You set that tone. To rejoice or to laugh is a choice you make, not others, but you. You. You make that choice. Is your wife going to do something wrong? Absolutely. Is your husband going to do something wrong? Absolutely, absolutely. Are your kids going to do something wrong? Absolutely. Do we live in a perfect world? Absolutely not. We all are going to make mistakes. But are you going to expound on that and live in that address all the time? That it eats you up? Or are you going to make a choice to say, honey, it's okay. Son, daughter, it's okay. By doing that sets you free. It keeps you in the peace of mind and joy in your life. We're going to make mistakes. You have to make it. You determine each day if you are going to be a stormy day or be a sunny and bright day. You determine that. No one else. No one else. Why do you hear me always say that I wake up in the morning, and, and this is no kidding, I pray every day, even this morning. But you know what prayer is? Prayer is the key in the morning. Get this. It's the key in the morning. It opens up my thought, my mind, my imagination, my spirit. And it's the bolt at night. It bolts my thoughts, and it doesn't allow the stinking thinking to come in. It's the key in the morning. It sets the course of my day, and it closes it with pure thoughts. The key in the morning and the bolt at night. God, I want to... Sunny day, not a stormy day. Here's some of the long-term effects. I'm going to blow right through this. Long-term effects. Here's some of the long, I love this, of laughter. It improves your immune system. I was saying this in the first service. I do this every day, every day, ritual. I take 12,000 milligrams of vitamin C every day. 4,000 in the morning, 4,000 in the afternoon, and 4,000 at night. And you know what? Man, it makes me strong. I, I've got um, energy. I'm energetic. I, I'll tell you, I, I want to keep that immune system up. But what happens if my immune system is down? I'm receptive to colds, flu, these things that are going on in our society right now. I'm, it makes myself vulnerable to that. So I try to keep my immune system up to be able to fight against those things. But you want to have a great way to fight against that? Laughter. Negative thoughts manifest chemical reactions that bring more stress and decreases your immunity system. So, you want to weigh apples with apples, what do you want? Negative, always expounded on the negative, or positive? Positive brings joy, negative steals. You have a choice up to you. Positive thoughts or laughter help you fight stress and potentially more serious illnesses in your life. Man, 
Look at the results of laughter. Laughter relieves pain. Check this out. Laughter may ease pain by causing the body to produce its own natural pain killers. Wow, think about that. It helps you to reduce pain. Start laughing. Have you ever had somebody laugh in your face? And if they do, guess what? You want to knock them out. You want to say, hey, you want hospital or you want sudden death? Come on, you know what I'm talking about, right? When they laugh at you, make fun of you. If you want to give, man, the enemy a black eye, you want to make the enemy get mad at you, start laughing. You can inflict me. You can come against me. Like Job, man, man, you can take my life, but, God, I'm going to serve you. And what happened with Job? God blessed him more, six times more than he ever had. He learned to laugh at adversity. He learned to use that which the enemy intended for bad. God turned it around for the good in his life. We all have negative things that are going to happen in your life, but you have to make a choice that, man, I'm not going to let it affect me. It may be out here, all the perimeter things out here in the world, but it's not going to get in here. Because if it gets in here, you're going to need a checkup from the neck up because it starts getting here, and what you start thinking on here gets into here, and when it gets into here, it's going to make you stammer, sputter, and backfire in your life. And you wonder why you can't accelerate, you can't have the power or the exhilaration in your life because what came here went here, and now it's evident out here. You see, you can have all this perimeter stuff, and we're going to hear the news and all this kind of stuff, but you have a choice to let it in here. And when it gets here, that's when it becomes dangerous. Somebody say amen. Say, Pastor, quit stepping on my bunions. Laughter increases the personal satisfaction. Wow. Laughter can make it easy to cope with difficult situations. How cool that is. Right? Laughter helps you connect with other people. I love that because I share this with in the first service. Man, hey, stay away from those stairs and nares, man. Stay away from those ones that are joy zappers. Man, what does laughter do? Laughter is a sign, Jamie, of welcoming. That's what I love. Yesterday I saw Jamie last night. Man, we, we met. We met in the middle of the street down there on Main Street in Siren. Woo, a lot of traffic. We almost got ran over, right, Jamie? <laughs> and you know what? His laughter is contagious. And because of his welcoming, guess what? Right there in the middle of the street, we embraced right in the middle of the street in Siren, Wisconsin. Hey. But laughter is a welcoming or an invitation to people to come and approach you. But if your hair is always standing up, you know as a dog when their hair is standing up, that means not to touch them. Are you like that? Are you abrasive? Laughter improves your mood. Laughter can help lessen your stress, depression, anxiety, and make you feel happy or happier. It's true. It changes the atmosphere. It changes your atmosphere. It sets the course of your life. I love getting around people that will blow wind into my sail. Because the more wind they blow into my sail, the faster I go. But you ever think about that when they say that term, wind in your sail? It's Becky that I support you. I'm behind you. I back you. 
I pray for you, which I do every day. And you know what that does, Chase? It blows wind in the sail. Guys, if you, you want your wife to be happy, you want your wife to be happy instead of, like the Bible says, a dripping faucet, start blowing wind. Wind in their sail. Let your wife know, man, I love you. You're beautiful. You're awesome. You're great. You're a good cook. Compliment each other on the good things that they're doing in your life. I don't know about you, but I can't make it without my wife. I get lost in my backyard. My wife is my atlas. I need you, baby. Right? Laughter can help lessen your stress and depression. Our world and lives have gotten too serious. We have forgotten the benefits of laughing. You know, when I leave here today, I'll listen to this live stream. I'll listen to it. I probably listen to it four or five times throughout the week. And the reason why I do is I critique myself all the time, making sure that I'm hitting home and that I'm speaking properly or whatever the case may be. And so I'll listen to it. But when I listen to it, this is true, true story. I listen to it for two things when I listen to the live stream. Now you can be attentive to what Tamron when you listen to it. I listen for two things. True story. No kidding. You know what I listen for? Number one, I listen for Pastor Carolyn's laugh. Pastor Carolyn's laugh is contagious. Come on, now she's hiding it in. When you put somebody on the spot, you ever ask your kid to do something, they look at you like, no, Dad. Well, come on, you just did it. I don't want to do it. But she's got a contagious laugh. And when I hear that laugh, it makes me feel good that maybe I rang the bell. But you know what the other thing I listen for? No kidding. Jamie Olson. Jamie Olson sings his heart out that sometimes Jamie is louder than Pastor Andrew on the live stream. But when I listen to that, it makes my heart well because I know that he's got everything into it when he's singing. And it makes my heart feel good because that dude is putting his whole heart into it. Laughter. Laughter is medicine. We make a choice to take every day. Just because a person is loud and loves to laugh a lot does not make you or them immature. It's who they are. If God wanted you to be a zebra and you took the stripes off the zebra, it's still a zebra. But you're not going to be the, identified as a zebra without the stripes because, guess what, you took them off. But you're still a zebra with or without the stripes. Stop laughing and enjoy, start laughing and enjoy life. Because we, we're so worried about what others think or might say about us. Laughing and enjoying life is all part of God's plan. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know, Terry, the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, plans to give you hope for the future. God's plan is for you, Stephanie, to enjoy life. I said to this young lady today, she walked in, and look at that, I love it. I said, I'm going to identify her today. Man, she walked up to me, and I embraced her and hugged her. And the first thing she did was smile. That smile, look at that, is so inviting. I said, don't ever stop doing that. Keep smiling. 
Keep smiling. You see, look at the corners of your mouth. Look at this. The corners of your mouth up into a smile. And then give a laugh even if it feels forced. In other words, take your frown and turn it into a smile. It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. This Christmas, give yourself permission to laugh and enjoy your family and your friends. It's okay. I close with this. Two things I want to give you that are not on your notes. Learn to laugh with others and not about others. Laugh with others. Have fun with each other. Learn to laugh with others and not about each other. Number two, big one, big one. Learn to laugh at yourself. I close with this story. I'm still on time. I close. Colton, this is for you and Chase. You guys are athletes. When I was at North Central Bible College, matter of fact, Brock, so proud of this young man, got accepted at North Central Bible College, and we're going there in January. And, brother, I'm so proud of you, Brock. Uh, amen. So proud. He, uh, Met this kid three years ago, and I, I saw potential in that kid's life, and I love him dearly. And Tuesday, we signed him up for classes, and proud of you, man. But I had late classes. And I want you to hear this, Chase and, Chase and Colton. I had late classes at North Central. So after class on Monday night, Tuesday nights, whatever night it was, all the basketball team and others would go down into the gym and the college kids always wanted to take on the basketball team. So that was their time to do that on Mondays and Tuesday nights if we weren't playing games because they had this idea that they were going to beat us, right? So I'd go to class, and uh, I'd put my shorts and everything underneath my clothes and go to class, and then right from class go to the gym. And then this particular day, I, uh, I go to the gym like I every day did all the time, but I take off my pants and take off my clothes and everything else and run onto the basketball court and start playing. And lo and behold, the whole gym went silent. Unaware that I forgot to put my gym shorts underneath. I'm standing, true story, probably 200 or so kids in that gym. I'm standing before they make different color underwear, in my whitey tighties. And I mean to tell you, I'm like, whoop, there it is. And all that whole next week, every time I went into class, <clears throat> we got to see CJ. But you know what I had to do? I had to learn to laugh, Miranda, at myself. I could have made that anthill into a mountain. But I chose to laugh at myself. In order to maintain joy in your life, you have to learn to laugh at yourself. Are you going to mess up? Absolutely. Are you going to make mistakes? 
Absolutely. Are you going to do embarrassing things like I did? Absolutely. Laugh at it. Enjoy it. It's okay. It's part of your story. You can't wait before life isn't hard anymore before you start laughing. You hear that? You can't wait until life isn't hard anymore until you start laughing. It's now. Do you know in Hebrews 11 verse 1, watch this mode. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, it starts out with this word. Now faith is. Now. If you start walking in faith and you turn now around, Guess what now becomes? W-O-N. When you walk in faith and learn to laugh and enjoy God, you won. Now. Right now. Right now. Tomorrow is only a promissory note. Today is a gift. And you'll live in it. Will you stand with me this morning? Yeah, do pretty good, Pastor Andrew. Live stream's not burning up anymore. Amen. I want to pray over you this morning. Just like I did in the first service. So here's the deal. You've forgiven that person last week. Now you can relax and enjoy life today. Laugh. Laugh. Choose to laugh. And when you don't feel like laughing, Haley, when you don't feel like laughing, you force yourself to laugh until you really feel it in you again. Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for this wonderful, wonderful congregation. And I pray, God, as we go through tis the season last week to forgive, that releases us and enables us to start laughing again. I pray that, God, each morning that we wake up, that we won't be so wound up and bound up and so tense but we will choose to laugh. We're not going to get yesterday's manna. We're getting the steak for today because we make a choice to rejoice. And I pray, God, this Christmas season that, Lord, we will tis the season to laugh, to laugh, to enjoy one another's company, to enjoy family and friends and gatherings that we get with people that will laugh because laughter is like good medicine that takes care of the ailments in our lives. Bless each individual here today. And may they shake off maybe stress and pressures that they're going through today and get refocused on the goodness and the great things of God that nothing is impossible with our God. Bless them and keep them. Go with us, I pray. Bring us back Friday night for the sounds of the season. And we thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Can we give the Lord praise this morning? Can we just do that? Amen. Choose to laugh. God bless you today. Have a great day. God bless you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.